This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Car sales in the U.S. market will not recover from the pandemic for at least five years. In fact, they may never recover. Well, that's the prediction from analyst Rod Leish of Wolf Investment. He says that 10 to 20 percent of the workforce will continue to work from home after the pandemic is over, compared to pre-COVID levels of 4 percent. And 34 percent of all vehicle miles traveled comes from people commuting to and from work. Those people will be putting far fewer miles on their cars, meaning they can keep them longer. And multi-car households may decide to get rid of a car. Rod Leish also noted the upsurge in e-commerce as more people shop from home instead of going to stores. He says that for every 1% gain in e-commerce, vehicle miles traveled drops 2%. And he forecasts that the SAR will not go over 15 million units a year for the next five years. That's down by 2 million units from pre-COVID levels. Rod Leish was a panelist at the management briefing seminars, and you can find our coverage on our website. Just look for the section titled AutoLine on the Road, or you can always watch it on our YouTube channel. Relations between the U.S. and China are pretty rocky right now, but that isn't stopping Chinese EV startups from rushing to Wall Street to raise capital. Chinese auto expert Michael Dunn points out that a startup called Li Auto pulled in a billion dollars from an IPO on the NASDAQ exchange. Shares shot up 50% on the day it started trading. Candy Technologies, which wants to sell cheap commuter cars in Texas, saw its shares triple in one day. And Xpeng, another startup, raised $800 million. Interestingly, 75% of the people buying their stock are from China. Mike Dunn says these startups faced a cash shortage, so they're desperate to raise money. And investors have been gripped by FOMO, the fear of missing out. They're all hoping that one of these startups turns out to be the next Tesla. Toyota reported its earnings for the most recent quarter, and while the numbers aren't great, they beat analysts' expectations. Its car sales dropped by 50%, which led to a 40% decline in revenue. But the company posted a surprise operating and net profit for the quarter when most analysts were predicting a loss. Looking ahead, Toyota is keeping its full-year outlook intact, and one analyst said the company should return to normal by the fourth quarter. Automakers have been reporting billions in losses due to the pandemic, but Toyota's profit shows just how good it is at keeping its costs under control. The world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Borg Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry. Engineer from anywhere. Perform tests from your office, lab, or living room. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, we have you covered. Our hardware and software is trusted all over the world. Global company headquartered in Troy, Michigan. Intrepid Control Systems. 
Last month, Mercedes-Benz CEO Ola Kalenius revealed that its upcoming all-electric sedan, the EQS, which goes on sale next year, will have a range of 700 kilometers, or about 435 miles, based on the WLTP test cycle. And now the automaker has announced that the batteries for the EV will be supplied by Chinese battery maker CATL. The batteries will feature CATL's cell-to-pack design, which gets rid of conventional modules and integrates the cells directly into the battery pack. The two companies also announced they're collaborating on next-gen batteries that will be used in Mercedes-Benz passenger cars and vans within the next few years. And speaking of CATL, it's developing a battery system for electrified trailers, which is a semi-trailer with an integrated electric drive unit and energy storage device to electrify long-haul trucks. The batteries will be used by Germany's Trailer Dynamics, and the trailers will go into operation in 2023. The lithium iron phosphate batteries will be liquid-cooled, have a capacity of 300 kilowatt hours, and feature CATL's previously mentioned cell-to-pack design. Just a week after CES announced it's canceling next January's in-person show, SEMA announced this November's event in Las Vegas will not take place. Organizers say they're considering doing the event online instead. Entry-level vehicles are now an endangered species in the U.S. The Mazda 2, Honda Fit, Chevy Sonic, Toyota Yaris, and Ford Fiesta, just to name a few, have been or will be discontinued. But it's easy to see why automakers are abandoning this segment. According to Kelly Blue Book, New vehicles that cost under 20 grand account for just 1.3% of new sales this year. New vehicles in the 20 to $30,000 range only account for 22% of sales, down from 44%. On top of that, profit margins are low for entry-level vehicles, which makes it harder to justify investment in the segment. With new vehicles costing an average of, get this, according to KBB. If you want an affordable car, you're going to have to go to the used car lot instead. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. Intrepid Control Systems. Over-the-air engineering. Boost your game. And by Borg Warner. Propulsion solutions that support a clean, energy-efficient world. Last month, the Volkswagen Group announced it's developing a new electronic architecture for its vehicles that will first debut in an Audi, and it looks like we're learning more about that system. Audi revealed it's coming out with a more powerful vehicle dynamics computer that's capable of integrating more components together. Its current system looks at powertrain and chassis data from about 20 components to create a greater spread between its ride comfort and sportiness. For example, when the driver selects a sporty drive mode, the chassis control system will raise the outside suspension in a corner to reduce body roll. The new system, on the other hand, will be able to operate about 10 times faster than the current system and integrate up to 90 different components. And it's not just looking to improve the difference between ride comfort and performance. Efficiency will be another area of focus. By integrating the brake control system into vehicle dynamics, Audi can adjust how much or how little regenerative braking it wants for an EV, for example. 
That will impact the EV's range and thus how efficient it is. There's no word on when we'll see this new vehicle dynamics computer, but we're guessing it comes out in quote a few years with the VW Group's new electronic architecture. In other Audi news, prosecutors in Germany indicted four more Audi managers for their role in VW's diesel cheating scandal. They're accused of fraud, false certification, and criminal advertising. And what's significant about this new indictment is that three of the four people are high-ranking former board members. It's about time that these higher-ranking officials see their day in court. Looks like FCA is facing more issues related to emissions. The automaker is working with the EPA to recall about a million vehicles with its 2.4-liter Tiger Shark engine that it exceeds in-use emission requirements. FCA said it found the issue during internal testing and it's trying to come up with a repair. It's not known what vehicles and model years will be recalled yet, but that engine is used in a number of Jeeps SUVs, as well as the Dodge Dart and Chrysler 300. Well, there was a time not all that long ago when a four-cylinder engine in a top-of-the-line luxury car would have been considered D-Class A. Not anymore. And the Genesis G80 luxury sedan is the latest to debut with a two and a half liter turbo four. But its numbers are impressive. 304 horsepower and 311 pound feet of torque. Autoblog reports the rear drive version delivers 26 miles to the gallon combined compared to 21 MPGs for the naturally aspirated V6 it replaces. By the way, we're gonna have Mark Del Rosso, the head of Genesis in the US on Autoline After Hours this afternoon. If you've got questions you'd like to ask him, send us an email to viewermail at autoline.tv or tweet us at Autoline. Keith Naughton from Bloomberg will also be on the show, and we'll get into why Ford decided now is the time to make Jim Farley the CEO. So join John and Gary for some of the best insights into the automotive industry. A buddy of mine had something happen to him, and I'm wondering if anyone out there has experienced the same thing. He got a flat tire on his truck and had all four of them replaced. But when he went to pick the truck back up, the tire place had put the raised white letter side of the tires on the outside, even though my buddy did not ask for it this way. He was a little miffed, but decided to keep them as is. This is where it gets kind of interesting. My buddy is now getting more compliments about his truck from strangers than he ever has before. And let's be clear, the tires are exactly the same brand and exactly the same size. The only difference is the raised white letters. Has anyone else had the same thing happen to them? I am curious to know. But of course, some vehicles just look better with raised white letter tires than others. A couple of us here have seen a few new Mustangs with the tires and we think it actually looks really good. I also think the Chevy Monte Carlo SS from the early to mid 2000s look better than stock with raised white letters as well. Let us know what other vehicles you think look good with the setup. But that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you for watching.